0: Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day with me, none other than my brother from another mother. We have the mayor of Enfield, North Carolina, mayor, mayor, and also founder of the Black Male Voter Project, Mayor Mondaya Robinson, Rebel HQ superstar, and he was in for me yesterday and he had to run a bunch of elections yesterday as well <laughs> my dear brother all right top story of the day president barack obama says what's happening to the palestinians unbearable and then well members of congress basically being sanctioned i know they used the word censored sanctioned for speaking truth about Humanitarian dynamics. It's a hell of a thing. Here's
1: President Obama's comment first. If there's any chance of us being able to act constructively to do something, it will require an admission of complexity and maintaining what on the surface may seem contradictory ideas. That that what Hamas did was horrific, and there's no justification for it. And what is also true is that the the occupation and what's happening to Palestinians is is unbearable. And what is also true is that (laughs) there is a history of the Jewish people that may be dismissed unless your grandparents or your great-grandparents or your uncle or your aunt tell you stories about the madness of anti-Semitism. And what is true is that there are people right now who are dying who have nothing to do with what Hamas did. That part. Let's pause on this moment because
0: Netanyahu is utilizing Hamas as a proxy in order to make a case against the Palestinians. It's kind of like what America did when the American government utilized the terrorist attack, 9 11. As a proxy to go invade Iraq, saying they were harborers of known terrorists. And then they said, no, 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 no. They have weapons of mass destruction. Remember, the proximity was what? 9 11, a terrorist attack. Do you understand the play here? The blueprint has been laid out and done before. Hamas. Is not Palestine. And the reality is, when students walked out of colleges all across this country, pro Jewish student organizations walked hand in hand with pro Palestinian student organizations as well, understanding the humanitarian dynamic associated with this. And for those of you, who would proclaim that Netanyahu had no choice, has no choice, but to kill innocent individuals because of the horrific acts of Hamas. I want to remind you of something. Hamas, according to the narrative, did their extreme deed against the Israeli people and went back to Palestine. And so Netanyahu says, I have to go there in order to defend Israel. And if there's, well, considerable collateral damage and death of innocent civilians, so be it, we have no choice, according to them. Now, that's contrary to the vast majority of what people in Israel would like to see. That is obviously adversarial to what we in this country would like our political leaders to agree with. But Netanyahu is lying. Let me tell you why he's lying. If Hamas did what they did and hid inside of Israel, do you think he would have the same narrative of we have to destroy Hamas by killing Israelis? We have to destroy Hamas regardless of the collateral damage of Israeli citizens. Of course, he would never do that. He would operate with precision. He would operate with exacting precision in order to eliminate the threat that has threatened them. You see, the entire protocol, blueprint, plan, execution would be different if they were looking for Hamas inside of Israel. They would care about collateral damage. Do you see my point? Humanitarian elements have been brushed aside, not only by Netanyahu, but unfortunately by this very government known as the United States of America. How are we the only nation, part of the permanent security force for the UN? One of the votes that could basically eliminate everybody else's vote. How do we vote against humanitarian efforts? How does that happen? How do we de-evolve so much that we are the lone vote against a ceasefire in order to make sure innocent civilians are able to have basic things like food and water, they have nothing to do with the war. Once again, Netanyahu is utilizing Hamas as a proxy to make a case against Palestinians who have nothing to do with this. Hamas' October 7th killing spree in southern Israel was horrific and unjustifiable. But what is also true is that the occupation and what's happening in Palestine to Palestinians is unbearable. Once again, the quote from President, former President Barack Obama. This was published on Saturday. The remarks came after Obama earlier warned that an Israeli ground operation in Gaza could backfire, arguing. That while Israel had the right to defend itself, any civilian death would increase support for extremism and harm the country's long term security. In this latest intervention, the former president argued for all sides of the debate over Israel and Palestine to acknowledge the complexity of the conflict and all parties' valid grievances. There is a history of the Jewish people that may be dismissed unless your grandparents or your Great grandparents or your uncle or your aunt tell you stories about the madness of anti-Semitism, Obama said. And what is true is that there are people right now who are dying who have nothing to do with what Hamas did, end quote. The comments came in an interview with Pod Save America podcast hosted by multiple former White House aides to President Obama. In an excerpt that was published recently. Now, Representative Rashida Tlaib, I want you to understand some dynamics that are associated with our hypocrisy in America. We are literally looking at a Congress who has decided to sanction a person who has stood up for innocent life being killed. Okay, here's her response.
2: I can't believe I have to say this, but Palestinian people are not disposable. We are human beings, just like anyone else, my city, my grandmother, like all Palestinians, just wants to live her life with freedom and human dignity we all deserve. Speaking up to save lives, Mr. Chair, no matter faith, no matter ethnicity, should not be controversial in this chamber. The cries of the Palestinian and, Palestinian and Israeli children sound no different to me. Why, what I don't understand is why the cries of Palestinians sound different to you all. Seventy-one percent of Michigan Democrats support a ceasefire. So you can try to censor me, but you can't silence their voices. I urge my colleagues to join with the majority of Americans and support a ceasefire now to save as many lives as possible. President Biden must listen to and represent all of us, not just some of us. I urge the president to have the courage to call for a ceasefire and the end of killings.
0: Biden is an institutionalist. He's not going to budge on this, in my opinion. Let's count the ways here. The representative is correct. I can't believe you have to say this either. Human life is human life. You know, I'm going to get criticized for this and I'm fine with it. Just a few months ago, we were here. And I was talking about how Kanye lost his damn mind. I was talking about the white supremacists coming after Jewish individuals. I brought on a dear friend who happens to be a Jewish man to talk about it. And I stood against the hate that was verbally launched. Against Jewish people. Now I'm coming against the hate that is being launched against the Palestinian people because I give a damn about the people. Now, Representative Omar had some words as well. Here's a reaction.
2: Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. It is glaring hypocrisy when you have Republicans on the other side of the aisle trying to create definitions and say Rashida wants to annihilate people. When Max Miller himself went on TV and said we're turning Gaza into a parking lot and we want to annihilate Palestinians, nobody condemned him on that side of the aisle. What is true here is that every single one of them has not acknowledged the fact that Palestinians are. Are dying in the tens of thousands, but will continue to say it is us who are not acknowledging humanity. Rashida will stand strong, and
1: time the Palestinian
2: movement will continue for liberation until every single Palestinian time has, has the
1: right Ge- to gentleman live Gentleman from Maryland in is recognized.
0: Representative Omar, great leader. I've had her on my radio show a few times. Remarkable insight. Representative, you're casting your pearls before swine, as scripture would say. The individuals that you are talking to, they don't care about this country, much less another one. The House of Representatives voted to censor Democratic Representative Rashida Talib. This happened to us tonight, despite her emotionally defending herself. As Republicans or some members of our own party voted a resolution that claimed she had been, quote, promoting false narratives regarding October 7, 2023, a mass attack on Israel, and for calling the destruction for the destruction of the state of Israel, which she never did. The tally was 234 yes votes, 188 no votes. Remember, some Democrats actually voted to censor her as well. Now, let's be very clear. They said she promoted a false narrative about October 7, 2023. What about the republicans who supported a false narrative of January 6th? A false narrative of someone stole the election from Donald Trump. A false narrative that permeates until this day about the terrorist who attempted to overthrow democracy. Democrats to you, I need you all to sanction some folks your damn self. There's more. Representative Omar could barely contain herself when speaking out in favor of truth on the House floor. That issue was whether Representative Halib should be formally censored, as proposed by Representative Rich McCormick, Republican out of Georgia, for promoting false narratives. It was representative Marjorie Taylor Greene who first decided to make the resolution. She doesn't have the weight to pull it all the way through. So they told her to take a back seat to the other rep who did. It is insane. These are human beings, these are people. We are still at least now, at least for now, we are still inside of a representative form of government. The vast majority of Americans disagree with the current president on this. The vast majority of Americans are for a ceasefire and humanitarian aid. The vast majority of Israelis are against how Netanyahu has utilized has utilized, Hamas as a proxy to do whatever he wants to do to the people of Palestine. The vast majority of people are decent on this planet.
3: It's our leaders who are effed up. Mr. Mayor, your thoughts. I think you were spot on in your analogy. I need to say in full disclosure that both Talib and also Omar are close friends. We broke bread together, so I'm not. I'm not speaking um, to your audience in a space where I'm. I'm, bi- I'm unbiased in this issue, and even if I wasn't in close proximity, intimate relationship with these with these sisters, I still would say the same thing. What I'm about to say is that America's reaction to what Israel. Uh, Israeli's government right now Netanyahu's government is doing to Palestine is a continuation of how America see black and brown bodies and the long suffering of these people does not stomach, does not upset the stomach of American population. If you replace the cries from Rashida Tlaib's speech and put black in there, none of it would be improper. None of it will be anti-American because it is who, how this country shows up. And you brought up something that is extremely important, America allowing allowing what happened on 9/11 to be proxy to go into Iraq and destroy that nation looks exactly like how Gaza looks right now. Yep. The destruction in Gaza, the casual killing of kids, that 10,000 number, people cannot forget a vast majority of them are children. So when people say, when people say that it is wrong to defend Palestinians to the only American Palestinian in 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 Congress, it is wrong to stand up to them. What are we saying? We're saying that life Life, brown life does not matter to this country and we will censor you regardless of what white people have done in the past in this country and are currently doing talking about the Republicans standing with January Sixers and Donald Trump's big lie. That's not enough to get censored, but standing up against their interests or anything they believe they deem holy will get you censored in this manner. The good thing about it is censure in America is only based on if Rashida Tlaib's district is going to kick her out because this Congress, a a what's supposed to be a holy space, right? A sacred space has censored you. But everybody looking, watching on knows there's no damn way we can call this Congress. This Congress has put us through what we've been through. It's holy, sacred, or anything other than corrupt. We are watching, we're watching the end of America's democracy right now in real time.
4: Damn near. This is an update to a story we brought you when
0: it first happened. The officer has now been arraigned by the federal government. Let me remind you of the incident. Here it is. provocation, there's no threat. And this is a skinny teenager. And a cop who's out of control, okay? He should have been arrested on spot. The officers who saw the incident We know initially at least one did report. We now have a significant update to this violent cop, put him up full mass. Matthew Rodriguez, the former suburban Detroit police officer, accused of a federal civil rights crime for punching a young black male in the face. Slamming his head to the ground. He could have died. This was at Warren PD Station. He appeared in federal court this week in connection with the multiple charges related to the physical altercation. The 14-year officer appeared before a federal judge Monday, November 6th, and was arraigned on civil rights violations, charges connected to his actions against Mr. Jaquan Smith. 19 years of age, was being booked on a carjacking and weapons charge. On June 13th, the FBI stated in a July 7th criminal complaint that the officer willfully violated and deprived Smith's civil rights under the color of law. It was last week that the federal grand jury indicted the former officer on Thursday, November 2nd, on two counts, willfully depriving a prisoner of his constitutional rights by using excessive force and lying about it on official paperwork. The Michigan resident faces up to 30 years in prison if found guilty. The federal case has um, subsumed a state case against uh, Rodriguez, local station WDIV reports, okay? The incident was captured by the jail surveillance camera. So he did this, he knew what the camera was. He was comfortable doing it and likely did not, uh, this was not the first time he did it. Prompting the Department of Justice to allege he did not, uh, he not only used unreasonable and excessive force, but provided false information regarding the incident in his official report. The conduct that is alleged here, a blatant and shocking violation of the victim's rights, and then an effort by the former officer to lie about that, cannot be ignored or go unchecked. U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan, Don Ison, said in a statement after the indictment was revealed. I want you to put it up. You see, Authorities note the footage used as evidence has no audio, but it clearly shows the cop completely losing control, lunging at Mr. Smith. At one point, the cop grabs the young man by his hair, by his locks, slams him, this time with Smith's feet kicking forward in response to the injury. The two officers present, at times they were holding Smith holding the wrong person. The criminal complaint also stated that Smith had no weapons on his person, did not at any time attempt to fight Officer Rodriguez. And in their assessment posed no threat to him. Instead, from the start of the altercation, he stood with his hands at his side and his thumbs in his pocket before the attack. Shortly after the incident, Smith filed a $50 million lawsuit. It's a federal suit against the three officers. Smith has not commented on the indictment. So, what do we have here? Well, first of all, let me start with the fact that the jurisdiction has a mandate to report. They have a mandate to report. Okay. These mandates have no teeth if enforcement does not at least go toward those who fail to report, okay? Number one, you can't enforce that unless you make sure people who don't report are held completely accountable for not reporting. Also this cop, the way he walked up to this teenager, the way he decided to unleash this criminal act upon this 19 year old kid, basically. Well, do you think that was his first time in his 14, 15 year history? That he's done something like this. But the reality is you will not see them open, opening his file, investigating cases that he has been involved in or even allegations of misconduct prior that he was probably cleared of. They know their officers, especially when a cop has been on the force this long. That is why I often say this is not about the rules. Typically the rules actually make sense, what's on paper. Makes sense, it's the culture of a thing, because culture will eat policy alive every day of the week, as I say. So in order to transform the narrative of policing, you can't simply think reform, you have to also think replacement. You have to replace these bad officers, and this is one way to do it. Arrest them, make sure they have a criminal trial, and they are no longer able to serve in any official capacity of public trust. Mr. Mayor, as the elected mayor of Enfield, North Carolina, You have police officers, a chief and um, officers, detectives, etc. Typically, and I remember when you first got elected, people know who the the bad cops are. They're still on the force. Tell me why it is so difficult to get rid of bad cops who have a history of misconduct like this guy. uh, And we keep them on the force at the expense of the taxpayer because at the end of this,
3: guess who's going to pay? Not him, but the people who pay the taxes of that community. Yeah, I mean, qualified immunity protects him from being held liable for this. The yep. tragedy of this is when we talk about bad cops, I think we limit it to two to the wrong people. We only consider the person carrying out the act as a bad cop. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, I, I consider anybody sitting silent, maintaining this this silence, this blue code that they don't cross. Any of you that are carrying on in that manner, watching as officers behave like this. This officer was way too comfortable hitting this young man in his face in front of a camera to this to be his first time. And his and his partner knew exactly what to do. Grab his feet, sit on his feet so he can't do anything except for the feet. This is absolutely culture, as you said. And the culture of police and not just in this department, but in this country is telling us that if you are black, you are not safe in the hands of police officers because they're either going to be quiet while you get your brains beat out or they're going to beat your brains out. And that's just the nature of it is. And if I was lying, Dr. Ritchie, it wouldn't be so that since George Floyd had been killed, more, more black men are being killed by cops every year.
0: Exactly, exactly, and that's the reason. one of the reasons we needed that George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act federally so that we can have a glimpse into the actual record of police officers. Oversight has its own effect of remedy, oversight has its own effect of remedy. All right, we'll bring you updates
4: as that trial continues. Racist hackers decided to put the N word
0: racial slur on a major sign. Put it up full mass. A lot of people saw this obviously the community did respond according to local reporting by WRAL, an unidentified vandal hacked and displayed the N word on an electronic traffic sign in Raleigh, North Carolina. This happened on October 27th. The racial slur was visible on Optimist Farm Road, leaving residents shocked and prompting a passerby to contact law enforcement. The North Carolina Department of Transportation stated that an unknown perpetrator had hacked the sign at some point overnight. WRAL reports the signs vulgar message was removed by the following morning, Uh, but this was not an outlier incident for the agency. The sign belonged to contractors Branch Civil and Flatteron, and was placed about 10 miles southwest of Raleigh. The organizations involved say the sign was hacked. It wasn't as technically complex as it seems, however. While NC Department of Transportation, Says the display had both a lock and a passcode. The agency also stated that the equipment was not locked at the time of the incident. The contractors gave a statement, all right? Um, So the uh, Flatiron branch team is extremely dismayed by the act of vandalism at one of our local construction projects. We regret that area residents experienced this offensive action. We are investigating how this could have happened and are taking steps to prevent it from happening again. Each day, the people of Flatteron and Branch strive to build an inclusive culture and contribute to the well-being of the communities where we live and work. Well, well, how about you lock the damn device to make sure nobody can simply um, hack it easily without computer skills? There's more. Uh, Digital displays are relatively easy to interfere with for the uh, dedicated vandal. Uh, Digital displays are becoming more prevalent than ever and are even being used as license plates. The only way to prevent similar incidents is for road management agencies to ensure that all security precautions are followed and the signs are monitored, all right? Very simple protocol. So other incidents. So per the outlet, vandals have tampered. With digital traffic signs in the state before, citing two incidents in 2014, another one in 2018 that we are aware of earlier this year in Orlando, Florida. Police launched an investigation to find the culprit who attacked or hacked, excuse me, a sign and exhibited anti-LGBTQ language. Let's go to the video. All right. So this is footage, I-75. This was in Cobb. County, All right, Uh, per the journal constitution on October 29th Cobb County. uh, This is in Georgia, neo-Nazis use a traffic sign to target the Jewish community with the message, the land is our land, El Hitler, all right, there you have it. Um, It seems as if since one, this is well known with contractors. Now contractors who operate these devices on behalf of city, county and state governments, they know this can happen. That would mean, since you know this happens in your industry, to protect your devices from it happening. Because at some point, when is it an, an accident or mistake? And, and when does it turn into willful negligence, all right?
3: Uh, dear brother, thoughts. Dr. Ritchie, I, I, need, I need authorities to be investigating this. I'm. This is 30 minutes from my house. Um, we know that- the North Carolina Klan, the largest brand of the branch of the Klan, chapter of the Klan, uh, the loyal white knights who are targeting me. Also leaflet yards right around these communities. And I also think it's gotta be a real, real Talk about the chances of all of this coming into place. Some racist person willing to know, first of all, willing to hack a system, know how to hack a system, and also find the one system that's unlocked to right. put the word up there. Somebody tells, something tells me there's something deeper a brewing here. How and who said, hey, we're gonna leave this sign open tonight and nobody's gonna get in trouble because we could just say the sign wasn't locked on this very evening, the evening you choose to be racist. I just think I don't, I'm too, I'm too, I'm too aware. Or what it means to be black in America to think that racism like this happens by mistake. Brother, you make a great point. I mean, the,
0: the probability of somebody who's racist looking up and finding one of the few devices that's unlocked and available for them to hack. Um, I agree with you. Uh, it seems quite suspicious and it could be an inside job. All right, we got more on the other side.
4: It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me
0: read some of these amazing comments. All right, yep, Kyle C.H., yeah, doc, you'll probably get criticized for saying that, but the people doing that are wrong, if not completely disingenuous. That's right, yep. I am sorry, since Biden said the Hamas attack was equivalent to 13, 9/11, Israel is trying to react 13 times worse than the US did. Isn't that something? And utilizing a very similar blueprint of the US. All right, we got some more. Robert, thank you for that, Robert. Um, Robert says at this point, do you think Israel really wants to go after Hamas? I don't think so. Uh, they need a boogeyman. We know how that scenario goes, right? Um, I believe that Netanyahu and his regime—they uh, are uh, disingenuous and adversarial to truth, and they are building a narrative. The first casualty of war is always the same person. His name is Truth. Her name is Truth. Truth is the first casualty. So the narrative has already been cast, and that narrative. Is what you see permeating through the political ranks of America in particular. Because you have to create a polarized narrative in order for a war to be sold. And the polarized narrative required, required non-nuanced conversation, all right? So yeah, it's a game. Donald James X, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you so much. Member for 16 months, glad to jump back on the Indisputable bandwagon. Much respect for Dr. Richard. Much respect for you. Appreciate your support. Uh, and Twitch, yeah. Um, Amber is the color of my dragon says, I love how they like to say that Hamas was voted in when they know damn well none of those children voted or were even alive yet. Uh, exactly. Well said. All right. Got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would.
2: You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a you're Sunday? You must feel free. So right. Back off. I'm gonna tell them
5: there's an African American man threatening my life. Hey, yo, check this out, guys. So, what happened is uh, we got Karen and a Kenrin and the neighbor here. They're all like getting mad. She parked right here and they're like,
2: hey, do it. Don't,
5: don't get in her face because Bye. if she defend herself, if she defend herself, I got that on camera. She said, you brown bitch, and the next thing you know, it just keep on going, keep on going. So you see this? It's just crazy. Okay? And they don't stop, and they won't stop.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
5: Him and her. This ain't the first time this is like a couple times they did it to other people and harass people about parking near this area right here. And then that other neighbor right there, she's also racist. And she lived down the street, and it got nothing to do with her, and she came out and just start cursing, so
0: put up the picture, full mask. You see. Many Karen's have this problem. They believe that public property, we've been here before, we've seen Karens react this way about a parking spot on property they do not own. Uh, They tend to believe that where you park, if it is in proximity to where they want to park, or perhaps are accustomed to parking, that it is somehow a violation. It is not. I'm doing this as a PSA to all carers around the world. Typically, there's a phone number you can call. It's called your city government. That's why we have a mayor, an elected mayor on the show right now. I'm sure he gets his fair share of caring calls. But at least you're calling an authority that could do something if they chose to. But as far as going after people because they are parking a car in proximity of where you don't want cars parked. That's a no no. All right, Mr. Mayor, you know, sometimes, dear brother, I think about uh, your executive leadership position, sir. And I say, you know, he has to deal with a a lot of different personalities. Um, And I'm sure you have come across people that make a very big deal out of something seemingly small and something they really don't have the authority to enforce. How do you handle that as an executive
3: leader? How would you handle something like this Uh, the Karen that believes she owns the street? Yeah, I mean, like there are no parking spots because someone parks in front of your house on a public street does not automatically mean that's your parking space. I'm looking uh, in the video for for any marking, there are no markings. And then to see her walking diagonally means this is not even your house. No policy can fix this. This is is whiteness. This can't be legislated out. This woman Mm -hmm. needs to understand that I would say as an executive of a city, never approach anyone Never approach anyone about anything because vigilante justice sounds good on a Marvel movie or a Batman show, but in real life that can wind up with someone getting really hurt and injured. And a lot of the times her, I think think to me, this is just uh, listening to the other neighbor who was recorded saying this, she has a habit of this. This is just someone who believes that her neighborhood shouldn't have certain people in there. And I don't have to get fancy for, for people to understand what I'm saying.
4: Yeah, there you go. All right, that's something for you. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a you Sunday? You must feel
2: free. Back up. off. I said, Governor, there's an w- African American man threatening my life. I didn't talk out to me on clock. I haven't cheated you on anything. You were scheduled 29 and a half hours. Walking you clock in and out on your time, you got your hours. You were scheduled to clock out, clock out. Last week, I told you, we canceled you about not taking your break, and me going over labor hours, the six and a half hours- Don't put yours. your finger in my face. Then get out of the store. Boy, you don't know who you messing with. Don't, don't, don't do this to Dick. me. Annie, I'm not scared of you anymore. I'm not scared of you. We. Oui. everybody's mad cuz I backed up last time. I'm not back. I don't don't know, you don't blow know, your friends in, in, in my in face. In Get out my store. Just okay, out of the way. Both huh? y'all need to chill. Y'all acting like a 2 year Calm down. Yeah. Go sit down. Y'all both relax. No, both okay. y'all need
5: okay. to relax. She's coming here and she acting like I don't know what. I'm trying
2: to do what? Hey, I my
5: need boss is on the phone. I'm wait not. Wait I'm wait not wait doing wait this wait wait with you anymore, Annie. And you want to do the, it in the back I when know, nobody's around? I'm, I'm not tired about. of it. Not you, not. Want you, guys, um, course, um, you want uh, to run this door? Do you want to run this door? Are you out
2: there? You, you, know you, know? you to do Then you're not anymore. I out in time. I'm people away. Yeah the computer and clock out. You're doing this. You know this. what? For you to be a boss, right. you're not being very nice. Right. I'm not because I've had her assault me before, ma'am. No, I didn't assault but her. But you need to take this somewhere else. I you're right. I, I can't get her to go anywhere else. All your co- customers. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. the one being disrespectful.
3: Right. Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't clocked in yet. yet. It's, it's not two thirty. Nope. Nope.
5: No. y'all <laughs> oh, oh, you really? need to call
2: Colbert. Oh, wait. Everybody. Give me the
0: number, and I will. She's the manager. Yes, yes. yes. acting oh, like that. Right. so insane to treat another human being like. Put it up. <clears throat> let me highlight a few elements that I see in this moment of carenicity. Number one, you see a manager who is obviously not qualified to manage. Communication skills, people skills, it doesn't matter. She's willing to do this in front of every customer. She's willing to do this against an employee, not because, not because they're not working, not because of performance, at least she did not cite that. It was because she did not clock out exactly when she told her she needed to clock out. Now, this is what we call watching the clock, all right? So managers would do this watching the clock thing. And I wanna highlight some other dynamics because it's important. So you have the manager, I'm guaranteed she's middle management, okay? She's middle management, she's reacting in such an extreme way. The woman that she's talking with is an elderly woman. This woman should not have to, one, she shouldn't even have to work, number one. She should not be working, or have to, but she's in that position. We live in a country where there's a lot of our elders who have to work. You go to work to get cursed out by your manager, Because your manager is watching the clock, okay? Because they don't want you, the manager, to go beyond your part time hours. They worked right into your part time hours so that they can go back to the second layer of middle management and say, hey, boss, look what I did, I kept all of the hours within One framework that you told me that I must keep them. And we still got the job done pretty much, okay? This is all about how the upper level middle management will respond to her management. Let me tell you something. While you're cursing out an elderly black woman, you've now been blasted on national media because of it. You know who's sitting back? getting none of this action, the corporation and the country that put you in the middle of it. Do you understand? You're upset at the wrong person. And because of that, because of your lack of willingness to engage thoughtfully about the situation that you're in and the situation that she's in, now look at you. All right, Mr.
3: Mayor, did I get that wrong? Man, you hit it. Spot on. And I would just like to add that this is all about this is people want to know the problem with capitalism. Here's a video of everything wrong with it. this idea that we need to work and monitor, watch over, oversee, oversee people doing the labor. To ensure that we can bonus, we being middle management, upper level. This is about, if you don't get those hours, if you don't control your hours, you won't bonus, you're out of whack. This is absolutely disgusting. Get as much as you can out of these people. She said, I told you don't take a break. I told you go home, get out of my store. None of that is correct. It's not your store. This idea that you've, you've made yourself one with this entity that could care less about you and what they're about to do right now that you're going viral. They're gonna talk, they're gonna down you. They're gonna disown you. Yep. You're gonna be without a job. The tragic part of about it is she shouldn't be off out of a job by herself because what that Karen said on the, was, my boss is on the phone with me right now. That mm-hmm. means that boss, whoever it is, allowed her to walk through this entire store screaming at this other employee. Also, she said, I'm not afraid of you anymore. They were mad at me when I backed down the last time. Sounds like an HR problem to me. You are out here talking about somebody's personal work personnel problems with other people not involved with the case. Yep. You are. All of this sounds like lawsuits, just the EEOCs claiming and piling up on top of each other. The lack of management, all of this stress, like you said, which should be aimed at capitalism and this corporation, instead, you're taking that on your hourly employees, mm-hmm. probably making minimum wage or mm-hmm. something close to it. You can't tell a difference. It's definitely not a livable wage. And it's causing you this unnecessary stress where you show that you're not, you're not not management. You shouldn't even be managing yourself if this is how you carry yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: Well said. Well said, all right, we
4: got more on the other side It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of comments. I'll read as many as I can. I'm kind
0: of pressed for time. All right, always good stuff though. Interesting. Yeah. Lynn says, I'm so pleased that I have friendly neighbors. Count yourself among the blessed in this world. All right. (laughs) Lynn says, uh, anti-care in aisle two. Uh, Mo Fury, Uh, that store needs to rethink its management training practices and its employee dress code. (laughs) What is the shade of pink? Electrocuted flamingo? Question mark. I wasn't going to say anything about, that. I saw it though. So. Let's put his picture up full match. Remember the cop we reported on him from day one, all right? When I first started Indisputable, we locked in on this character, said he was a bad actor, a bad detective. Had a string of horrible incidents in his background. Finally, he did get arrested and now, He's being sued by the women he violated. So a group of black women are suing Roger Golubsky, the disgraced ex-Kansas City detective, accused of sexually exploiting them and leaving them in fear of their lives and livelihood for years. As a matter of fact, he retaliated against one by locking the son up when she would not do for him. Okay, he retaliated against them. In the legal document obtained by Atlanta Black Star, the detective, former detective, retired in 2010. The United Government of Wyandotte County and and the city, among others, are listed as defendants. It alleges that the United Government gave its law enforcement, um, personified by Detective Roger Golubsky, permission to terrorize. We said that as well, they did, they protected them. abuse and violate its black citizens. They kept giving this guy awards and promotions. As a matter of fact, one woman said, this man did this evil thing to me. And all of a sudden, I see him on the local news getting a promotion. He didn't get the promotion because they were not aware he was corrupt. He got the promotion because of the corruption. You got to understand the culture. You don't get promoted in a culture when you are corrupt, unless the culture is corrupt as well, all right? You're not the friction person. You are sliding along the cultural lines. Golubsky, who worked for the department for 35 years, 35 years, is facing six counts of deprivation of civil rights. According to KSHB, the 70-year-old was arrested at his home last September. He pleaded not guilty. He remained under the radar until Jay-Z's social justice organization team, Rock, placed an ad in the Washington Post October 2021 calling for the U.S. Attorney's Office to take action against the corruption in the police department at large. Allegations against him that were committed in, quote, police hunting grounds. That's what they called them are outlined in the 163 page lawsuit based on accounts from plaintiffs. Michelle Hooks, Ophelia Williams, Rochelle Miller, and Nico Quinn, and Sandra Newsom. For instance, the lawsuit goes in depth about the night Detective uh, Golubsky allegedly sexually violated Ms. Hook in September. This was back in 1992. He threatened to put a case on her brother. This was a tactic of his. He threatened to put a case on her brother if she told anyone what happened, leaving her terrified and silent for decades. According to the lawsuit, Detective Golubsky and other defendants allegedly aided in the cover up of a 1994 double murder, which includes the death of Newsom's son, Danielle Quint. A former cop framed an innocent man, identified as Lamont McIntyre for doing it. He's also accused of sexually harassing Newsom during the exact same time. There's more. McIntyre was pinned for two murders at 17 years old. After his mother rejected sexual advances from the detective. After 23 years behind bars, he was exonerated completely and received $12.5 million in a settlement after initially seeking $93 million in damages. Talk about the devil, Detective Golovsky. Plaintiff Quinn also has a connection to the case. She is the cousin, okay, of Newsom's son and was present during the double murder. However, according to the lawsuit, the defendants forced her to blame and identify McIntyre as a suspect when Quinn was called to meet with Detective Golubsky, Similarly to other victims, he threatened her by stating he would take her children away from her. The lawsuit also accuses him of assaulting and stalking her a damn near 20 years. He continued to receive promotions in Williams's case. Golubsky allegedly used his authority to repeatedly sexually violate Williams following the arrest of her two sons, of her sons. Per the court documents, like Newsom, he targeted her twins for a murder they were not associated with as a cover up. They were 14 at the time. There's more. Williams remained afraid that Golubsky would shoot and kill her if she spoke out or told anyone about his conduct the lawsuit stated even after her sons were sent to prison williams remained afraid that detective golupski knew people in prison and could have her sons hurt this fear continued to today in 2002 miller was strong-armed into a 19-hour interrogation about a father's death and allegedly sexually assaulted by two other defendants named in the lawsuit identified as detectives Michael Keel and Clayton By, she was also forced to view her father's unrecognizable charred corpse and asked by detectives if she had a sexual relationship with him, according to the filing. Talk about sick SOBs. When we first covered this, we stayed on it until he got arrested, okay? I don't give a damn that he's 70 years old. Um, he didn't give a damn about children. He didn't give a damn about anyone in front of him. I said the first day, second day, third day we covered this, he's not doing this alone. There is no way possible for this man to be a 35-year veteran and did all of this damage to all of these people. And he was operating without a group of individuals willing to promote and protect the culture of corruption. So now you are seeing some of the other dominoes starting to fall. That's what you're seeing. It has taken decades for these victims to even get a symbol of justice happening now. But this is defunding the police. Millions of dollars being paid out because of one corrupt ass cop and his band of married men and women supporting them. So why, why won't the people who are so pro-police, and so anti-defund the police. Say a damn word about Golubsky, because the narrative doesn't fit. You see, many times they're only saying back the blue because they actually agree when the blue does not back the black. All right, Mr. Mayor, thoughts here?
3: Yeah, I uh, I hope they're being investigated for some of these murders, but all of them. Yeah. The DNA needs to be questioned. What, what is the evidence that you had against these people, kids? Uh, and I also want America to think long and hard. What's the difference between this behavior and slave masters raping black women back in the day? Mm-hmm. What's the difference in showing people their dead uh, uh, family members' bodies charred than hanging people from from trees in in public towns throughout the South? This is this is this policing in this manner. It's modern day Jim Crow and we can't even get away from it. We can't pretend anymore. This is listening to this story, hearing this story, feeling this story is bothersome that we call this policing in this country.
4: Right, well said. Um, And he was still able to retire Um, and then he was arrested years later. Hell of a thing happening, hell of a thing has happened Four four members
0: of the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department commit mass suicide. Put up the picture, okay? This story is still developing. To be specific, one retired employee, three current members of the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department took their own lives within a 24 hour period starting on Monday. Details surrounding the deaths remain unclear. Investigators have not noted if they believe the incidents to be connected. The sheriff's department is now offering resources to the impacted families, as well as confidential counseling for department personnel. Let me give you the details as we know it right now. The first death was reported around 10.30 a.m. on Monday in Valencia. That's according to a statement from the department. Two hours later, a little after 12.50 p.m., detectives were called to a second death in Lancaster. Then at 5.40 p.m., they were called again, this time to a home in Stevenson Ranch. And then at 7.30 a.m. Tuesday morning, homicide detectives were sent to a hospital in Pomona. Where a current employee was also declared deceased from taking their own life as well. Put up the sheriff, Robert Luna, here's a sheriff issued a statement on the desk, quote, Our LASD family has experienced a significant amount of loss tragedies this year. We are um, stunned to learn of these deaths. And it has sent shockwaves of emotions throughout the department as we try and cope with the loss of not just one, but four beloved active and retired members of our department family. He continued. During trying times like these, it's important for personnel, regardless of rank or position, to check on the well being of other colleagues and friends. I have the deepest concern for our employees' well being, and we are urgently exploring avenues to reduce work stress factors to support our employees' work and personal lives. So, rates of first responders at risk, so many studies have actually shown that some of the highest suicide rates in all professions are among first responders. That's according to the FBI. 32 law enforcement officers died by suicide and nine attempted. In the past year of the 32, the FBI reported 26% were actually experiencing relationship problems. 23% were suffering from depression. 19% were suffering from secondary trauma collapse, chronic illness, or post-traumatic stress disorder. The LA Sheriff's Department Um, So the context here does matter. So while I can cite general statistics about first responders and stresses of the job, because remember, first responders also include who? People that come to your house to save your life, like in an ambulance, all right? It's a stressful job. Dear friend of mine does that job every single night of her life. It is a tough job. So you cannot dismiss possible guilt. You cannot dismiss potential something else here, we don't have all of the facts, hell, uh, we don't know how they came to the conclusion that everybody simply took their own life. We don't even have that on the record right now. But I will tell you this, for four individuals to take their own lives within a 24 hour period and they all work for the same company known as the sheriff's office, Mm -hmm. that Doesn't happen every day. There's some there there. All right, Mr. Mayor, um, if if this happened to the police department um, under your authority as mayor, you would assume this is more than just
3: a coincidence, at least initially as you looked into it. Think I think Sheriff Luna, you're right. I think Sheriff Luna owes us more information. Um, first of all, we know the problems of the Los Angeles Sheriff Department, their gang activity. Yep. Uh, we he should have told us there's there were no internal investigation into these four officers. These four officers never were connected. They didn't work together on anything. What are the what's the likelihood in all those statistics you name? I bet you they can't cite another case ever where four officers from the same sheriff department killed themselves within a 24-hour window. We need to know were they under investigation? Were they likely being targeted for something else? And how and who said this was suicide of all four of these officers? We didn't get any of that information. I'm left thinking there are more questions than answers in this situation. And I like you. And clearly weary of the fact that four people at the same department killed themselves on the same day within a 24 hour window. Yeah. We need more answers. We gotta get more answers.
0: Uh, the public deserves it. The families obviously deserve it. Um, if, if you're saying, well, it, they're not connected, they don't seem to be connected. How did you come to that conclusion? Explain that to people. You are a public servant. You get paid by the hard working citizens of your
4: local community. Uh, they deserve to know what their tax dollars are paying for. Dr. Yusa Salam,
0: Central Park 5 Victor. He's a dear friend of mine. I've interviewed him multiple times. He comes to Atlanta. We try to make sure we connect, but he has won his election. We talked about him running before, winning his primary. Let's put him up full mask, man. Very proud of him. Very proud of him. Exonerated, Central Park Five member Dr. Yusuf Salam won a seat Tuesday on the New York City Council, completing a stunning reversal of fortune. Decades after he was wrongly imprisoned in an infamous rape case, Dr. Salam, a Democrat, will represent a central Harlem district on the City Council. Having run on the polls for the seat in one of many local elections held across New York State Tuesday, he it won his primary election. In the landslide—we covered that right here. The victory comes more than two decades after DNA evidence was used to overturn the convictions of Salam and four other Black and Latino men in the 1989 rape and beating of a white jogger in Central Park. Dr. Salam was arrested at the age of 15 and in prison. Almost seven years. For me, this means that we can really become our ancestors' wildest dreams. Dr. Salam said in an interview before the election, uh, and I will say this. There's an interview where I sit down with Dr. Salam. It's on YouTube um, through Beulah Heights University. And I did a lecture series where instead of lecturing, we would bring in leaders and we would talk to these leaders. So college students all in front of us. And Dr. Salam talked about the moment of incarceration. He talked about how he just knew that at some point somebody was going to say, hey, you know what, we have the wrong people. And he kept waiting for that moment. That moment did not happen to many, many years later. And in the midst of that, you have powerful people like Donald Trump putting up billboards against them, right? Basically calling for the execution. Not even apologizing when the DNA evidence shows they never did a damn thing to anyone. They were innocent the entire time. But the irony, the irony, Dr. Yusuf Salaam, exonerated, now a member of the New York City Council and elected leader, and the man who wanted him to die for crimes he never did, well, he becomes president, and now he has damn near 100 indictments on him for things he did. When I talked to Dr. Salam about how did it make him feel when Trump became president? You have to hear his response. Because think about this: the man that did all of these adverse things to you and was unapologetic about it becomes the most powerful man in the entire nation. As if what he did against you was a prerequisite, a requirement for him to be validated in this way. So now. Now, dear brother's where he's at, Dr. Salam says something that I repeat often. He says nothing happens to you, everything happens for you. Here's some of what
6: he said. I don't mean to walk you through the painful time in your life, but I think it's instructive to where you're coming from as, as you run for office. And can you just speak to what it was like to be sitting in prison for something you absolutely knew you did not do? You know, the biggest challenge of being in prison for a crime you didn't commit is that you constantly have thoughts. Well, maybe I should just become this. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I should turn into the monster that they're talking about. And of course, the challenge is you're the ingredient that they're trying to get to accept a definition of yourself that you weren't born with. You were born on purpose and with a purpose. And you have to constantly remind yourself every single day. You know, the greats have said things like, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And so, in your mind's eye, you have to hold the most positive of thoughts so that wherever your mind goes, your body follows.
0: He's always talking like that, by the way. That's how he talks 24 hours a day. All right? Um, beautiful soul, very motivational individual. Uh, put him up full mass. Unlike this character, Donald Trump. And the mugshot with a sheriff's badge behind him of a black sheriff named Labatt. Donald Trump, who once called for the execution of Dr. Salam and the others in the exonerated Central Park Five, is now facing his own legal problems. Almost poetic if they secure the deal and lock his ass up. All right, Mr. Mayor, thoughts?
3: Yeah, I, I you know I think brother uh, I talked to brother Yusuf about his election when in the early stages during the primary and, and telling them you know if you were in the primary you basically we we knew this was his seat after the yeah, primary that's right but it became official like you said because he was unopposed um, last night but what I was telling that brother is this is this is the uh, beyond our ancestors wildest dreams or things they couldn't even imagine um, this is also. A love letter to all black men who have suffered at the hands of the so-called justice system in this country about what's possible when you continue to put one foot forward in front of the other. And I think you know the testament isn't isn't to say or negate all of the hurdles that we have to face to be here. But for those of us who have had interactions like me. Uh, with the criminal justice system, it is it is wonderful to find ourselves in these spaces, being true to ourselves and still speaking truth to power, not selling out our community, not forgetting what the system did to us and does to us, and speaking on behalf of those people in those spaces. All right, very well said. Very well said. All
4: right, a hotel worker uh, dismisses
0: the nasty of the nasty, here it is.
6: We just complained to you, it's boogers all on the wall. Blood. Blood all on the wall, we just complained to you about this. Did we not just complain to you about this? Did we not just complain I'm to you about
2: I'm not even this? going to discuss you with you, anything What do you right mean? Now? We, you, we are clients. What, what are you, you talking We, you about? we just looked at right? the room and we're telling you that there's yeah, blood on the wall. We've been there's complaining since we got room. here. There's blood I've, in the room and you're not doing anything. Look, about Look, it. Chill,
6: babe, chill. We've documented this already.
2: Okay.
6: With the person that was here before you. Okay. So this is, has been documented. Okay. And you just acknowledge that. So you, I, you're you acknowledging yeah. you just came up to, up to our room and cleaned boogers off our wall, right? I don't know whether or not they were boogers or not. And, or, or I don't even know if they were boogers. They were, were boogers watch. and blood. Okay. Right?
2: It still could
6: have been your right? boogers or your blood. But you, you had to come physically clean it up when it was supposed to be cleaned up before we got there, right?
2: Okay.
5: But like I said, how do I know that it was there before you got here? Because is this your hard. Is this customer we service, and, though?
6: Really? As a matter of fact, we came and complained before we you even got here. We just paid almost
2: two hundred dollars, and you're asking The lady that was here before something. you will
6: confirm that.
2: Really? Yes. Really? We asked her about really? it.
6: So, are you going to do anything about this, or do we have to go over your head? Who is, These who, okay,
2: well, who is your we, we manager? Okay, well, who is your manager? We just need to
6: get the situation taken care of right now because-
2: No, I'm not taking care of. it. You, you don't- Exactly, know. and we understand that. That's why we need to know who your manager is room. because you're not it's taking care, care of it. You no, you're you not, cleaned not cleaned taking all the care, care of, of it.
6: The wall, right? Okay,
2: yeah. Who is your manager? I did that. And
6: what about the ants? What about the insects? Because
2: you're clearly not a manager because you don't need to have customer service. for me to
6: clean up. What about the insects?
2: Because we killed
6: them all. We killed them not raid.
2: Because the rating came For and ants. was empty. It's empty because you guys have been cleaning ants all you know, the, you know what? You're you guys can go. No, we're not gonna go because we paid our money. Can we get a refund and then we'll go? Can we get our yeah, two hundred dollars uh,
6: Up that to uh, exactly, so and then
2: we can go. Thankfully, we'll
6: gladly leave. Gladly
2: leave. Seriously, give us our money back. We'll go.
6: This is crazy. What's your name? What's your name?
2: Can you read? Excuse.
6: Done. Don, what's your last name, bro? I don't, get I'm I don't it. I'm okay. just saying. Isn't
0: that? Don at Baymont in the sweet. The Karenicity runs deep in this one. She's upset because they are upset due to the fact that the hotel room they just paid a few hundred bucks for. Has, well, you know, it is the nastiest of the nasty. The rudeness of this particular employee, well, cannot be overstated. I don't have much information, but I will give you the information that we do have. It is unclear when this incident occurred, but I still would like to know what was the outcome? What happened? Was there a remedy? Sounds like you may have a case for emotional distress. Talking about the family who had to experience this foolishness. Uh, We don't know where, we don't know when. But we know, according to the narrative, this was Baymont Inn & Suites. If anyone has further information, please reach out to indisputable producers so that we can get the conclusion of the story. Now. Uh, Baymont is a part of the Wyndham Hotel and Resorts Corporation, okay? Do you remember, there's another hotel under that umbrella, another hotel, Wyndham Grand Hotel and Spa in Colorado Springs. We talked about it here. It gained infamy last year when their staff followed a racially profiled actor-comedian, Mark Curry, Mr. Cooper, He doesn't bother anyone. But according to his post he was racially profiled. This is the CEO of Wyndham Hotels and Resorts, President CEO Jeff Balotti. Hey Jeff, it's me again. All right, Mr. Mayor, um, sir, it was so extreme, dear brother. When I initially saw this, I said, this has to be a skit. Blood, uh, come on, man. I don't even want to say
3: it on TV. All right, right, your thoughts, brother. Man, I, I don't have any. I, I can't believe <laughs> I can't I couldn't believe this. I when you said a skit, that's perfect. This sounds like something straight from Saturday Night Live. Ain't no way she sat there and acted as if they wasn't talking about body fluids of this nature, of this magnitude. The fact that she said, I don't know if you did it or if they were there before you got there. What world are we living in where people sit in front of a desk? And I would have been embarrassed. If I was the customers about to check in, I probably would say, let me get my ID and credit card back because I don't need to be here. Just watching that incident was enough. That was disgusting Um, to the next level. And like you said, the caringness of her behavior the, and the way she just dismissed this was unbelievable to me. She needs to be unemployed for sure. And I yeah. hate this. I mean, her her response is just so extreme.
0: Like you can't come to any other conclusion. That is not the way to handle a horrible customer experience, all right? They had a legitimate beef with the way they were treated. All right, Mr. Mayor, always a pleasure. Dear brother, tell people they can follow you and check out your great work.
3: Yeah, Munda, Robinson, Everywhere, Blackmail Voter Project, and also I'm a Rubber HQ uh, contributor. Beautiful content, by the way. Thank you so much for all you do, my friend. Until next time.
0: All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember
4: the truth is always indisputable.